This is Ron Friends, comics illustrator, and this is a bumper for the amazing Spider Talk. Welcome to the Amazing Spider Talk. My name is Dan Gavazdan, and I'm the editor of SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. And I'm Mark Ginocchio, the editor of the Chasing Amazing blog. Thanks for joining us for the fifth episode of the Amazing Spider Talk. We hope you enjoy this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation between two fans and collectors as we hope to look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture. Yes, and for this episode, we will be discussing Amazing Spider-Man number 5 by Dan Slott and Umberto Ramos. Uh, talking about some fan mail and prizes, covering all the spider news, including a really uh, heavy-duty November for our wallets, and reviewing Superior Spider-Man number 32 by Dan Slott, Christos Gage, and Giuseppe Camacoli. Did I just say Superior Spider-Man, Dan? I think you did, Mark. Oh, boy. If you hear this sound... Please check out your iOS device for a link to an article, video, or image to enhance your listening experience. Mark, we got two big comics to talk about, so let's dive right in to Amazing Spider-Man number five. Okay, Dan. Well, Amazing Spider-Man number five. We have the follow-up from uh, the original Sin uh, Silk introduction story, which I know wasn't really a, a particular favorite of yours. Uh, so uh, you know, now we kind of get to see. I feel Dan Slott do what he does best, which is kind of start bringing all of these little plot threads together. I mean, we've kind of had all these different things going on between Spider-Man and Silk and Parker Industries and Anna Maria and Sinjani and Electro and Black Cat and Jonah and on and on. And I, I felt like this episode really kind of made those those plot points diverge. Uh, really, you know, it was kind of that that dance slot story that um, I think we've been kind of looking for for the last couple of issues in terms of, you know, things happening, things changing, big things being teased. What did you think? Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, this issue. I think the writing here is funny and moody and dramatic. And, and I think this is some of Slot's better dialogue. And like you, I like how he integrated all these things together. I don't know that I'm s still sold on Cindy's character. Um, but, you know, by weaving her into the story a bit more and into the ongoing, I feel like there's going to be more time to figure out who she is as a character. Um, and so I, I like that. It, it wasn't so focused on one thing, but I think it gave all of its elements enough time to really let them breathe a little bit and, and feel like they're working. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny you mentioned Cindy's character. I mean, I think you could say the same for a couple of different characters. I mean, you know, this is in, in true-to-form slot fashion. I mean, this was definitely a story-driven uh, issue. It was not very character-driven. I mean, there were some good character moments, but... 
Um, you know, we, 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 we could talk about them. We could also talk about some of the things that we're not totally on board with yet. Um, but I do want to talk about something that I did like, um, which, um, you know, we, we, we kind of brought back together Peter and, and J. Jonah Jameson for the first time, really since um, the full return. I mean, I know that they had their little conversation as, you know, with Peter as Spider-Man at the end of Superior 31. Um, but, um, you know, there was that moment where, you know, Peter is kind of like gives Jonah this warm hug and it's like, oh, it's so good to see you. And Jonah's talking about his new fact channel gig and how he's going to use it to take down Spider-Man. And Peter just says, oh, don't ever change, Jonah. And I thought there was this really warm, nice character moment. Uh, you know, I, I, I it was just kind of like, you know, another one of those moments since the reboot where I was like, ah, yes, it's kind of nice to have the status quo be back. Right. As weird as the status quo is that they're stepbrothers, uh, which yes. I, I want to see explored a bit more because I, I really like that dynamic. Do you want to see them share bunk beds and stuff and, <laughs> and, and have like lightsaber battles or what? Yeah, maybe. Right. I don't know. I mean, it's been over 100 issues since that's been the status quo, you know, and uh, I don't know. I think that's really funny. And I agree with you. That was definitely a laugh out loud moment for me. Uh, that don't ever change, you know, that's exactly how we feel about the character. So, you know, I mean, we want him to change, but at least it's acknowledged that he's like the same old dude, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. And, and, you know, of course, you know, Jonah does get to gear up and go into kind of his manic reporter mode, although we can't do the first segment because of the conflict of interest. But, um, you know, as soon again, as I, I heard I, that, I thought that was really funny. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I mean, I, I have to say, I mean, kind of tying back to what I was saying in the very, very beginning, I, I, I liked how they how how they brought this together. I mean, it, it was kind of like, you know, how are we going to get Peter and Jonah back in a room together? Well, you know, OK, we have, you know, Sinjani is kidnapped by Black Cat and Electro, but someone needs to go on TV from Parker Industries. So, you know, Peter goes on and so on and so forth. It was like I felt like everything kind of followed its logical flow in terms of activity right yeah i mean other than the characterizations for me this book like it's the little details that push the scripting ahead a little bit more like you know the idea of like sajani being kidnapped and being held in like a high-end like house you know like a mansion or something like that was a little like bit of info that i was like oh that's actually really clever you know um if black cat were to kidnap someone like they she would probably take them to somewhere of you know of a fine uh, elegance or whatever, and uh, and uh, little things like that, and the Jonah hug and things like that, really pushed this issue ahead for me. Um, in terms of like, I guess the delicacy that was uh, done with the little moments. Yeah, but then there were some things like, um, you know, we talked at length about Black Cat in our last episode, and 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 you know, I know there's an element of this is what it is, this is who the character is in, in this comic book story right now. So this, this, not that there's no use complaining about it, but I mean, this is it. This It is what it is, uh, which is, is, I think, my exact phrasing on Chasing Amazing when I wrote about this issue. But, you know, I, 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 I still don't like it. I still think it's way out of character, even though there's more of an effort to kind of explain like you know black cat's role in the underworld and and you know the because you know no one takes her seriously but like i mean you know, because of the unmasking and whatnot but did you know and again i think we talked about this last time did anyone ever take her seriously in the first place like i still don't see the synapses aren't aren't 
you know, totally firing for me here. I don't get it. I'm not seeing it. I, I think that this is just, I, I, I almost would rather this be an entirely new character than someone that's been established. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and thinking about this more, it almost feels like the second half of a story where we never got the first half. You know, like the build up to, you know, normally you'd have the rise and then the fall. So we'd see her gaining credibility amongst people and then see what happens when she doesn't have credibility. And I guess in Slot's world, that was established in the past, you know, X number of Spider-Man issues across all the different titles. And, and to us, that just wasn't there. So, yeah, it's definitely not, like, completely calmed in this issue, our, our fears and worries about the character. But I did like all the scenes, you know, with her. I mean, if we're to accept that this is the new interpretation of the character, I thought it was written well. Um, but you have to get past that initial hurdle of believing that this is the black cat. Yeah, and 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 you know, not to be stubborn about it, but I just don't know if I can. And that's yeah. and and, it, and it's impacting the story for me. I mean, it, it it really is. It's like it's it's just there's just this unfamiliarity there in terms of who who this character is, and it's a pretty critical character. I mean, you know. There, I have some issues with with Silk's characterization, but you know what? It, she's you know we're working from you know a blank slate there, so there's there's I feel like there's a little more wiggle room and suspension of disbelief on some things. But with Black Cat, I mean you know we we, we have you know 35 plus years of continuity here uh, to to hang our hat on, and yeah, I mean you know that's great that we're at least being consistent within you know the construct of this universe, but. Um, you know, if you're if you're a fan of the character, and, I, and I, you know, I like the character. I have liked the character for a while. Um, you know, it might be hard to get by, and that, and, and it's kind of like you know, uh, I, and 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 not to go totally tangential, Dan, but I also do wonder. You know, it's kind of I had this epiphany when I was reading this the other day. I was like, wow, this first arc is six issues. Like, you know, like when does Dan Slott do a six issue arc? Yeah, never. I mean, you know, outside of his, you know, ends of the earth and Goblin Nation and, you know, he did, I think New Ways to Die was at least five or six issues. Uh, doesn't really do this all that much. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, you know, and especially when there's a character or two that you just can't connect to or, or you're having frustrations with as a reader, it's kind of making this arc feel a little overlong. I mean, we're obviously setting up the, the, the finale, but... Um, it's just something I wanted to throw out there. It's just like, it's kind of contributing to this, like, you know, kind of feeling a tedium I'm getting while reading this, even when things are happening, you know? Yeah, I feel, yeah. I mean, I, I think I expressed last episode that, you know, why not wrap this story up before introducing Silk, you know? Uh, I mean, I don't know that I'm like glad that they did or didn't because I think she's handled here, you know, pretty well and how she fits into the story. But, um, yeah, you're right. This is a really long uh, story and you know uh, piggybacking what you're saying about consistency of characters if there's one thing that brings us back to comics like the reason I pick up Spider-Man is because I'm hoping for consistency in character otherwise you know I would go and read other you know comics that maybe I uh, care about you know or could care about the writing a bit more I mean this is you know it's not my favorite written comic Spider-Man you know especially going through all of the eras of eras of the comic there are some real like low points you know but um you know one of the things that i i hope for when i pick up these is that i see the same faces and feel like they're consistent and you know different writers will 
write things differently. But even Dan Slott here, even within his own writing, I feel like has di- uh, made the character quite different. Yeah, no, definitely. No, I, I, I agree with you. Um, but let's talk a little bit about Silk here. I mean, you know, it's it's funny. Um, in the last episode, um, I definitely seemed a little more forgiving of, you know, first how she was introduced and then some of the character quirks. And, um, you know, in this issue, um, it, not that I'm starting to, to waver on that, but like... I still like the character, but I had this thought where I was like, you know, I, I like this character's voice. I'm interested in this character, but given the character's background, I, I, I'm not sure if this voice belongs with this character. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, and it's something I think Slot has usually been pretty good about is like changing his character's voices. But one of the things that remains consistent through all of his characters is they're all kind of like funny. Yes, and like and and fast talking. Like I almost feel like Slot should be the guy to rewrite like His Girl Friday or something like that. You know, <laughs> one of those really fast talking movies. Um, right. And I'd be surprised. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was like a favorite movie of his. But um, yeah, you're. Uh, you know, she does. She's like this girl out of time, but then kind of feels exactly like she can keep going toe to toe with everybody. Um, yeah, I mean, she's 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 remarkably well adjusted for someone who's been in containment for ten years. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what I was responding to last episode was like I didn't feel like it was as big of a shock for this person to come out, you know. And I guess maybe yeah. we're not as aware of the exact year that she was put into containment. Like, how long has she been in there? Like ten years? Is that what they said? Well, I mean, the spider bite they established is what eleven years ago, right? Wasn't yeah. that the? So, I mean, you have to imagine that she was scooped up fairly quickly because otherwise, then why wouldn't why wouldn't have Spider Man or Peter have known that there was someone else out there with powers in New York City? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, I don't know. That's just uh, you know my my read on it is just that. You know, she's well-adjusted, she's quippy, she's kind of cool. I mean, you know, she's got these funny lines like, you know, where, like you said, she's she's this woman at a time. But to me, that's that's not enough to really sell what she's been through, whatever it is, which just still hasn't been fully established. Are, so, are you saying that she's been handled with the deafness of en- Encino Man's script? <laughs> Oh, I, I I never would have thought that a Cino man would be used as an analogy on on Amazing Spider Talk, but um, or any the Brendan classic, Fraser the classic Encino man, any Brendan Fraser movie outside of maybe The Mummy, but even then, I I don't know why we would ever talk about The Mummy. Well, now we um, have. <laughs> so so Brendan Fraser, welcome to Amazing Spider Talk. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, no, but 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 to to address your question, I, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's just it's it, there's just not there's no nuance to who this character is yet, and and I think we we if this character is going to stick around, which I, I mean, you know, she looks like she's going to show up in Spider Woman. I mean, she's going to be a part of Spider Verse. I'm going to assume that you know this big cliffhanger of an ending in Amazing Spider Man Five that that Silk, you know. Silk's prime reason of being in that television studio is to save Spider-Man's butt from Electro and Black Cat. So you know she's a, she's she's part of the universe now. So let's 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 maybe rethink how we're doing things with her. You know? Yeah. What did you think about this like Three's Company like esque 
love triangle <laughs> that's not really a love triangle that's going on with Peter and Anna Maria and, and Cindy. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, here here's a good case where, you know, I, I kind of feel that not that slot dropped the ball per se, but that, you know, we, we had that really great character interaction between Peter and Anna Maria in the second issue of this series. And then like, you know, and then, you know, he like he tasted her cooking and he was amazed and blah, blah, blah. And there was like this this little bit of chemistry there where not necessarily that you thought it was going to be a romance, but it was like, OK, there's there's something going on here. And then that 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 storyline kind of got tabled. And then, you know, but then she kind of got thrusted into this, like you said, in this kind of sitcom three's company situation of, you know, what well, we're Googling on the ceiling, uh, you know, half naked. Um, and it, it kind of. Like you said, I mean, like I'm, I'm saying to myself, is this supposed to be awkward? Is this, you know, is he, you know, is is he ashamed of this? Is you know, should Anna Maria care? Should Peter care? I just it, imagine it, it, she's probably incredibly annoyed. Right. She has to live with this guy still, and he's wearing the face of her former love. You know what I mean? Like, I got to imagine that she's just like slowly losing it on the inside. Yeah, but like I said, I think if maybe a little bit more of like what is the new status quo of of Peter and Anna Maria, if I think if that was maybe addressed a bit more, it would have given a better impact on that on that encounter, you know, like it would give it a little more clarity and context. I'm just I'm just hoping that down the line this is addressed like this is going somewhere. You know what I mean? Like that. The reason that we haven't seen a full reveal of Anna Maria's emotions about this is because that's coming down the line. Yeah, well, you know, and it sounds like from the solicits that certain characters that Anna Maria was involved with are returning. So, you know, we shall see. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, hey, so um, something I did want to talk about from a positive standpoint is, you know, in, in the midst of you know, black cats, poor characterization. Um, I do like that we're, we're getting this reestablishment of the criminal underworld again. You know, I mean, granted it's with the likes of like the eel and characters like that. Um, but, um, you know, the big thing in superior during, you know, Otto's time was, you know, he kind of wiped out all the gangs for the most part, you know, killed, you know, assumedly killed the Kingpin, although we know that's not true. Um, and things of that nature, but you know, like it's it's like you know the magia, the ma- the mag- magia, the 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 magia, and and all these other groups seem to be kind of coming back into their own. The goblin is out of the picture, so they got their own little little uh, subsets uh, returning. And, and you know, like that's for me, that's that's good for Spider-Man comics because like that's always kind of been like a you know that street level crime element that you know it's been kind of missing for a while. Uh, it's good to get back to that. Yeah, those are my favorite Spider-Man stories when he's dealing with the underworld. There's just something about it. Like, I feel like there's like a dent that can be made. Like, because there's a power structure, you feel like, oh, Spider-Man could actually make some kind of improvement here. And because I love the Hobgoblin era on the book. And, oh, yeah. And all of those things, the rose and, and all that. Um, so, yeah, I like this, too. I like seeing them. I like Mr. Negative. I wish more would be done with him. Um, although I feel like he's kind of been mishandled since his introduction. Yeah. Um, you know, they have this kind of dual faceted nature of him. And now kind of like everybody knows about that. And 
think it was more interesting when it was a mystery. But yes. I, I like that everybody has kind of been called out for being taken down by the goblin and kind of disgraced and humiliated. Um, where Black Cat calls them out about that. Although I think that goes against her, like, reasons for revenge. Like, if everybody has been humiliated, what makes her being humiliated special? Right. And why does she need to get revenge for that? I'm not sure. But I liked seeing all of them come back. Yeah, it's nice to know that even when the White Dragon and the Green Goblin are displaced, that there's other people to take their place, you know? You can't displace the White Dragon. I mean, come (laughs) on. Never. Um, so, but on the topic of villains here, um, yeah, you know, and not to ask like a, a, a snarky question, Dan, but what purpose is Electro really serving right now? Advertising for the movie that is kind of critically panned and. Yeah, that really is it right now. Right. I mean, I mean, they even call him sparkles in this comic, which I mean, and then there was that variant cover. Uh, for this issue, which had like Gwen falling off the the bridge, and I'm like, why? I mean, I know the DVD for Spider-Man Two came out uh, this past week, but you're just kind of like, why? I mean, I don't, not that you would, not that Marvel wants to distance itself necessarily, but it's like, you know, it's not like it's not like this had like the hype and the and the acclaim that like Winter Soldier or now Guardians is getting. It's kind of like. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be so quick to like work in all these like cross plugs and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, I think if the movie was more beloved and I know that it has its supporters, um, that, then I feel like people will be like, oh, this is so great. And Marvel definitely planned all this stuff like way ahead of time. Um, and I, I, you know, it's just kind of awkward now, I think, because it, didn't make the money that they wanted it to make, and it was not as beloved as they expected it would be. Um, yeah. And we've discussed this on the show before, and we right. even had that talk with Jerry Conway about it, um, which if you haven't listened to, you know, you definitely should go back and listen to. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is kind of awkward, you know. But I, I do think, like, if it were the other way around and we loved Amazing Spider-Man 2, we would be like, oh, cool, he said sparkles, you know? No, you're right. You're right. I, I, I can't I can't disagree with that. I mean, with that said, though, I mean, putting aside the movie, I mean, this, this, this has to be one of the weaker Electro stories. Like, I just, you know, like, there was some, you know, kind of like him as this loose cannon, uncontrollable. There was some intrigue there. But, like, it, it, it just never kind of elevated beyond that. And, and... He really is just kind of there right now. Yeah, I mean, he went from being kind of this, like, rogue element of, like, powers and destruction, and now he's just kind of, like, Black Cat's lackey. Um, Although I do like the wrinkle that's introduced here about him finding out that uh, Peter is attempting to cure him. Yeah. And I definitely think that that is going to come back, uh, you know, into play in the next issue. Um, And I would be curious, like, if... You know, he's looking to contain these people and cure them. Like, would could this be an interesting way of kind of resetting Peter's rogues gallery and get bringing in some new faces? I would like that very much. But, um, you know, I know a lot of people like reading about the classic villains. So, yeah. Um, how did you what did you think about uh, how Ramos visually depicted that that battle scene with Spider-Man, Electro, Black Cat at the studio? I thought it was great. Um, you know, just the way everybody was like throwing themselves around. You got a good sense of space. And he really, you know, in the first time that he had Electro in issue two, 
you know, he kind of just filled the frame up with all those electric bolts and stuff. But here I felt like it wasn't just filling the frame. He used the electricity to kind of like guide your eye through the action and, you know, increase the, you know, power of, of this character. I, I, I thought it was really dynamic. Did How did you feel about it? No, I agree. I mean, you know, and I, and I said this last episode, I really do think that Ramos is – this is really the best we've seen from Ramos um, in all facets um, I think probably since Spider Island, um, you know, in terms of the, the, you know, being able to mix the the dynamic nature. There were a couple of panels uh, with Ramos, not not with that action sequence, but but earlier, um, like there was this one where like Peter and Cindy are kind of like standing outside of the studio before going on, and it almost looked like the same exact panel two times over and it kind of reminded me of like, you know, that joke from the Simpsons where they just reuse background panels sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I know exactly the one you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it's like always the, the, the janitor in the background. I did um, like all the, like, you know, one of the things I've kind of criticized Ramos about, and I don't know that it's necessarily solved here is that all of his women are exactly the same, you know, thin and busty. Right. Um, but I did like the like, characterizations of the camera crew. I thought they all were very distinct looking, and um, there was some really wonderful color work done here. So I, I thought the art on this issue was pretty standout. Definitely, definitely. Um, anything else you want to touch upon before we, we grade it out? Not really. Do you think uh, Slot is going to go through with revealing Peter on television? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Do we even want to entertain that thought? Uh, no. <laughs> like I said, we're, we're going to see Cindy's going to jump in with a kick or who knows what. But, you know, like that that ain't happening. Just like it wasn't happening in learning to crawl. That ain't yeah. happening. What, what uh, if he does surprise us with that? That would be civil war again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, Everybody. what what uh, do you give this thing for a review? I, I, I gave it a C plus. Like I said, the character stuff is still hurting it for me, but um, you know, I definitely ha- enjoyed it probably more so than the last few issues. I just, you know, hope that they kind of bring it all home next issue and we can kind of move past some of these, these character choices. Yeah. It's tough for me because the character stuff is kind of unforgivable, but, um, and I don't know that this story is like a classic Spider-Man story. Like, there's no tragedy or like responsibility being called upon here, but I do like all the new story ideas and the level of detail that went in to the moments. If you have to accept that the black cat is going to be this way, so I gave it a B minus. It, it it was enjoyable read. I, I can't lie. You're not you. You don't have to defend yourself to me. We're not that far off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like you know it's tough because we have, we're being made to buy one of our favorite characters being kind of butchered here, but. What are you're, you going to do? You can't hold every book moving forward. Like, if 20 issues from now, Black Cat is still like this, I, we can call it out, but we can't be like, this issue sucks for that. <laughs> fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's move into some comments and emails.
Okay, everybody, as always, you can find uh, Amazing Spider Talk podcast at iTunes and on Stitcher by searching on Amazing Spider Talk or just searching on Spider-Man. We come up pretty early in the search at this point. Um, and when you find us and, of course, subscribe, uh, we would love for you to leave uh, a rating and a comments for us because that's how our community grows. Uh, we just recently passed the 50 comments mark, uh, but we do want to get to 100. So if you haven't commented yet, we urge you to do so. Um, also, you can email us uh, your comments, your questions, your praise, your, your, your boos, your hisses at AmazingSpiderTalk at gmail.com. Yeah, we don't have any uh, new written comments this time. Perhaps it was too short between episodes, but we know you guys are out there, and we want to hear from you guys. And again, like Mark said, we've got past the 50 comments, Mark. If we, if we can get up to 100, that would be amazing, and it would bring a lot more great things to the show. Um, and again, don't forget to email us, because we don't have any emails either. So this is a first for us, Mark. Yeah, it's kind of feels sad and lonely out here. So, uh, you know, and if you have if you never emailed before, just, you know, we'd love to hear from you. I mean, even if it's just saying hi, what's up? Uh, if you don't have a, a, a question, um, you know, don't worry about it. And, hey, you know, like you know, and for our regulars out there, you know, it's great to hear from you when you do. Um, but, you know, let's definitely try and, you know, we want to hear from everybody out there for, for certain. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of regulars. Let's move into all the prizes we have to give away, Mark. Stand a little straighter, walk a little prouder, be an innovator, laugh a little louder, joke around the crater, we can show you how to, and when will you be then? You belong, you belong, you belong, you belong to the Mary Marble Marching Society. Prizes, yes. Now is the time of the show where we thank all of the wonderful people who have decided to donate some of their hard-earned cash to the show and have opted to join the friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. This week we have no new members, but we will still give away a few prizes. Yeah, each episode we assign each member a number and randomly decide who gets what free digital comic from us. This week's winners are uh, Peter Spearbrecker, who got Superior Spider-Man number 32, and Tom Aiello, who got All New Ultimates number 5. Congratulations, Peter and Tom. If you'd like to become a member of the friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club and, and help support our show in the process, please go to our sites and click on the giant button that reads... Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. Still, why did we name it that, Dan? I'm regretting it every day. Um, In the meanwhile, let's go and talk about some spider news. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches thieves just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Okay, Dan. Well, I guess first off, hot off the presses, um, we we the November solicitations came out um, 
this week. And one of the sad things that we learned, well, New Warriors is, is being canceled, with, with, which has Kane in it. Uh, although that didn't, I don't think that's really shocking to many people. Um, but, but Superior Foes to Spider-Man, I feel like the little engine that could uh, series is, is, is finally going to be coming to an end in November. Um, you know, Nick Spencer, the, the writer, has already said, you know, no tears for us. This was a hell of a run. I agree, but but still, I'm going to be sad to not have that that comic book in my my sub box every month, right? Yeah, I actually tweeted at them and was like, "Thanks for writing it." I, and I when I say this, I think I'm being honest. I think it's one of the best like runs in comics, you know, that I've ever read. Like every issue was so enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, they had a co- like a couple of very minor missteps in route, probably because the other the, the expectation level was set so high. But this was fantastic. I mean, this was this was much much better than it ever had any right to be, and and it probably was my favorite comic that I was getting, you know, every month. I mean, even more so than the spider, you know, the main Spider-Man titles. Um, and you know, I just hope that you know. Well, first of all, I'd love to see Spencer and Lieber together again. I think they have great chemistry as creators. Um, so, you know, maybe Marvel can find, you know, it sounds like Matt Fraction's leaving Hawkeye and Hawkeye's getting canceled. Maybe they could do something like with Hawkeye. I don't know. I mean, it's probably too similar to do it. But um, we'd love to see them team up again. And, and you know, I kind of want to, you know, I, 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 I'm going to miss Boomerang, I think, the most. I, I, I need Boomerang in my life. So, you know, maybe we can get – maybe maybe post-Spider-Verse, we can get a nice Spidey-verse Boomerang story. It would be awesome. I would love to see that. And uh, if you guys haven't read this book, which it seems like most people are not reading this, like I don't care if you're interested or not. Like if you like comics and you like comedy – Go pick up the trade when it comes out. You know, like support this book in any way you can and send a message to Marvel that we want more quality stuff like this. Definitely. It definitely has a kind of an indie vibe to it. It It's kind of the big trend in comics right now, um, you know, in terms of the comics that at least are critically successful. So um, there's that. Now, kind of more on the mainstream level, uh, we also got more uh, tie-ins for Spider-Verse that that are coming out in November, including the first issue of Spider-Woman. Um, which we talked about in our last episode, and uh, it looks like there's going to be this Spider Verse two part mini or you know, or or one shot. This is so much, Dan. There's so many damn comics with Spider Man's name on it coming out in October, November, and I'm assuming December. Yeah, I feel like we're going to go broke. Yeah, and then the, 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 then we can kind of been neglecting to talk about this because it's been Spider Verse, Spider Verse. But you know, Marvel's also launching its Axis event in in the fall, and you know, with that, we're gonna you know, this is kind of an assemblage of of different supervillains from around like the Red Skull and whatnot. But it's going to involve Carnage and Hobgoblin, and the Hobgoblin mini is going to be written by friend of the show Kevin Shinnick. I'm so uh, excited for it. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, the covers you know, are already hysterical. Yeah, and it's. I mean, and this is the Roderick Kingsley Hobgoblin, unless he's got you know ten more body doubles that are going to show up in this mini. But you know, it's like in the midst of all this stuff going on with all these alternative Spider Mans and whatnot, we're, we're going to have Carnage and Hobgoblin minis again. So, um, yeah, just just I guess save your pennies if you're if you want to be a completist about buying your Spider Man comics in the fall. Yeah, I, I think it was like twenty some Spider books in the month of November. 
Yeah. And the next thing is going to be, how are we all going to write about this, Dan? <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is what I'm dealing with right now. <laughs> <laughs> you have a team. I, I'm, I, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do by myself. I may not be able to. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sending out the warning now, folks. I'm, it's, Chasing Amazing may not be able to do this issue by issue. We shall see. We, we will determine. <laughs> yeah. good, good luck, Mark. <laughs> it's a labor of love. Um, but let's get to uh, the, the next issue that we want to review for this episode. All right. This is the legendary Tom DeFalco, and you're listening to Superior Spider Talk. Thanks for joining us for the 36th episode of Superior Spider Talk. We hope you enjoy this podcast Wait, and that it... Dan, what? what are you doing? It's not Superior Spider Talk. We're amazing. This is all wrong. What, Mark, what, I guess what? I was pining for a better time. I know. I, are, we, are we back on like Earth 2997 right now or what's going on? <laughs> well, I just... I just... Mark, I miss, I miss our superior bumpers and I miss... I miss being superior. It's my site, and now it's not the podcast. Well, well, fortunately, the merry people at Marvel have given us a, a brief, brief return to the superior era with Superior uh, Spider-Man number thirty-two, and and then next month, Superior Spider-Man number thirty-three. Uh, so why don't we talk about thirty-two to kind of hold you over before you start crying into the microphone some more? Hallelujah, Mark. Hallelujah. Um, yes, yeah, Superior Spider-Man number 32. Superior Spider-Man, it's kind of like that old friend from college that you that you, you thought had like moved to Europe and was never going to come back, all of a sudden shows up on your front door and wants to sleep on your couch for two months. Uh, fortunately, he still is your <laughs> he still is your friend, so you're kind of cool to see him. And then once you start like hearing him talk, you're like, "Oh yeah, I remember this guy." And that's kind of like my reaction to 32. It was kind of like all right. So, the, you know, for, for in case you didn't know, this takes place actually um, during that period in Superior Spider-Man number 19 where, where Spider-Rock like disappears into the, the time machine for, for what seems like a split second, but ended up being, what was it, like eight hours or something, Dan? Yeah, I think that's what they said. Um, so so just to give you context of where this is, you know, they have not resurrected Otto Octavius yet, as far as we know. Um, so this is this is a story that's actually taking place backwards in time, but this is kind of the the prologue to Spider Verse, um, which I think is going to raise some questions in and of itself. But um, in terms of the um, the story itself and the narrative, uh, you know, Slot Slot wrote the plot, but Gage did the the actual scripting of the dialogue. But it definitely had that old familiar feel. It's you know, our good old egotistical Otto Octavius as Spider Man is back. Boy, Mark, I am glad that the Goblin Nation arc was not my the last taste I had of Superior Spider-Man. Because reading this, I was like, oh, yeah, I really enjoyed that character. 
when yeah. he was in his prime, you know? Yeah, we enjoyed him more than we probably should have, but that was the thing. It was a well-written character, and, I, and everyone was having fun and was in their comfort zone, uh, and I definitely felt that we were back on that. Yeah, and I, you know, there's just so many wonderful lines in here where he's like in the future and he still feels superior to their technology, like things like that. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this jerk. He's my yeah. jerk. Yeah, exactly. He's he he might be a jerk, but he's our jerk. That's that is the that is probably the slogan of Spider Rocks fans, um, and and yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, you know, I think this is the perfect kind of story to tell from Otto's vantage. I mean, this you know this multiverse spanning storyline. Again, I still had a couple things I wanted to point point out about the multiverse, but um, you know they 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 said it in 2099. Now I have to say, you know, I'm I'm being totally nitpicky here. I realize, but you know there was like um, I felt there was like a little bit of kind of like continuity show offing going on here from from slot engage for some of the 2099 stuff. Like they were kind of just doing like all these like quick rapid fire references to Peter David's original 2099 run, like with like Venture and uh, uh, what do you call it, Stark. Um, uh, Fuji, Fujiwa, Stark. yeah, yeah, Fu- Fujiwa Stark, and and it, you know all these different, you know, it was kind of like, hey, remember this, huh, huh, you know, and and I was like, you know, I I actually just recently reread the original twenty ninety nine run in kind of anticipation of the of the relaunch series, so this was all very fresh in my mind. I was like, oh yeah, look at that, look at that. But then I was kind of thinking, like, what about the people who who have not read these books or have not read these books in twenty something years? I mean, it, you know, it kind of goes back to some of the stuff I complain about when we talk about learning to crawl, which is like, you know, who, who, who are these, who are these jokes and references being written for the hardcores or are they just being written to, you know, cause the writers want to like, you know, demonstrate their grasp on, on continuity. It's not, a, it didn't drag the story down or anything. It's just a little thing I wanted to throw out there. Yeah. I hear you. I thought it was done like, you know, if they're going to do that, I thought it was done pretty well because all the references they made, like made sense as to what, you know, like, who would you go to for technology? And then if you were to steal from them, who would they call in to enforce the place? Like, it made, it made sense to me. But, yeah, I, uh, I hear what you're saying, Mark. Yeah, like I said, this is not – I'm not saying, like, this brings down the entire comic for me. No, no, no. no, no. I mean, so did you enjoy this comic? I did. I did. You know, here's, here's the thing, though. And, and, and I got myself into a bit of hot water um, when I wrote about this initially on Chasing Amazing because I probably um, – in one of those cases where the post went up probably too quickly after after the issue came out, and thus I didn't have time to more more uh, accurately kind of write out what was going on in my head. But I still I I I, I feel that Spider Verse the concept needs clearer ground rules in terms of who is involved and what this is you know where they're going with this. And, and and just saying every Spider-Man ever, I don't think are ground rules because I still feel because the thing is, it's not every Spider-Man ever. There there are new characters that new new versions of Spider-Man that are being brought into this universe, and then there are versions that for legal reasons like the Sony verse they can't use. So so that 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 statement's patently false. So I I feel like I don't know like. You know, I, I know that the multiverse stuff is kind of all the rave. I mean, you know, in the in over in the distinguished competition, you got Grant Morrison writing a new 
mini series about the multiverse and you know there's always seems to be some kind of crisis on some earth somewhere in dc and you know i guess marvel's going to have their own version of it here in spider-verse but um you know there was there were segments like specifically when like the the costumed spider-man showed up and showed up dead in um in this comic where it was like, okay, the, the, the civil war era Spider-Man and the, and the iron spider armor. I mean, we, we, we had talked about this, Dan, that was probably from like a, what if issue. So maybe that really was, but then there was like the actual spider armor, Spider-Man from like the, I mean, the only time I remember seeing that character was web of 100. I don't know if it resurfaced elsewhere. I'm probably yeah, that's the thing. I'm just not sure. Like it's just going to really test our knowledge. And I'll be honest, my knowledge of the, what ifs is like, iffy at best yeah i mean i kind of i kind of binged on them um right after this issue came out um for um on marvel unlimited there's a fair number of them on there so if you if you're a subscriber i recommend you do that because there's there's other other versions of spider-man out there and if what if is up for grabs which it clearly is and I, i don't and i don't necessarily have an issue with it but again it's like yeah, I think I think we need more reference points about where these characters are in and and I I don't know. I I I have a lot of concern about this idea of like just drawing up an entirely new alternative parallel earth or whatever to just throw in a new Spider-Man even if even if it's just basically going to be fodder for Moreland and you know and and his goons. It just like I don't know, like I feel like that could go some places where the narrative just becomes sloppy because then we're kind of like, well, what, what, what are we actually looking at right now? Is this actually the, the, is this 616 or is this something that, you know what I mean? Like, like, I just think it needs to be clear and, and defined and we haven't gotten that yet. And not that I want to take the fun out of Dan Slott's hands, but it's just a concern. Does that make sense, Dan? Yeah. I mean, I guess the best way to introduce this concept wasn't really to show like costumes that were used to Spider-Man wearing. Although, I mean, I guess those two costumes that you're referring to, the Iron Spider and the, I guess, Metal Spider, um, are kind of obscure costumes. The Spider Armor or whatever it is. Spider Armor definitely is. I mean, the the Civil War era one, I mean, you know, that was around for at least a, you know, a good chunk of issues, you know, like, um, but, I mean, even, it's just... You know, like I agree with you. I think it could have been handled better. And it's funny because like Nick Lowe, I feel like has been inconsistent in his editorial notes. Like some places he'll provide a really helpful editorial note or to be funny or comment on how everything's from the nineties or whatever. But I think in the places that really need them, he seems to be weirdly silent. And we've talked about this before on the show. Yeah, I mean, you know, what kind of throws me is, like, if you look in other Marvel books, like, if you look, I mean, when I was reading Mighty Avengers when Otto was on the team earlier this year, um, you know, when, whenever whenever a character comes onto the page, regardless of whether the character has been on the team for one issue, five issues, whatever, there's, like, a little thing, like, who's this character? It's 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 Superior Spider-Man, it's Luke Cage, it's it's She-Hulk, and, and you know, I think... I think this would re- this is a uh, uh, an event that would that, uh, such an approach it would really behoove it you know like like it's Spider-Man India it's it's the what, what if Fantastic Four Spider-Man I mean you know and, and somebody when I wrote that somebody said to me well then the the page is just going to be filled with notes and I'm like well then you know then then practice some restraint in, in how how you're un- unveiling these guys you know what I mean like if, if other books can do it Spider-Man can do it you know 
Yeah, and I, I you typically think those introduction things are kind of annoying, but sometimes when I'm picking up a new book, it would be nice to see. Although I will say to counter you, I agree with you, but I also like kind of just got it when I was reading it. I was like, okay, this is another universe, and this is another universe. And at some point, they kind of like I like when they just trusted me to get it. But again, I agree, it wasn't the best examples to start explaining your story with. Yeah, and, and also let me clarify. Like, I'm not I'm not quibbling over like Spider-Man Noir or or Spider-Man India or or even the What If Spider-Mans. The you know the the ones the ones that are clearly outlined. You know, like the you know Spider-Man with the five on his chest. I knew that was the What If Spider-Man joined the Fantastic Four, and um, I had to. Uh, read up after the fact about the 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 Spider-Man Wolverine one, but I mean, like I, I I was kind of able to figure that out. Like, okay, these are from alternate Marvel Earths or whatever you want to call it. I mean, you know, maybe this is just my own density about the whole multiverse concepts. Which you know, again, it's it's to me the whole multiverse is one of the huge distinctions between Marvel and DC. And even though Marvel has Ultimate and these what ifs, it's it's it, there's not that that reliance on parallel worlds that drives the narrative the way it is in DC. And, you know, that's why I've always been a Marvel guy because I feel it's easier for the common fan to pick it up and digest it. Yeah, I completely agree. And again, it's something I guess we should keep our eyes on as we get into this story, like how this is being handled and if there are any rules, because again, it could get wildly out of control and have no stakes because we don't know what's con- considered counting or like I'd hate for someone to be killed off and then only for like a minute later it to be like, oh, but that character exists in another universe. So they're back to life again. You know what I'm well, saying? And that is exactly when I talk about having caution. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It's it's it's. You know, that's why I feel that we need rules. It's like, you know, where where exactly are we going with this? You know, what are we, what are we, yeah, because I mean, you know, we, we want to feel the drama. We want to feel the stakes. You know, if, if, you know, these events are indeed game changing, you know, we need to make sure that's reflected. And this isn't the first time that we've seen this and seen it handled weirdly. I, I will keep referencing back to the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man issues where the other alternate universe, Uncle Ben murders the Spider-Man from 2211 and right. is still left wandering around the uh, the Marvel Universe. Gosh, if I had a chance to write one comic, it might just be like one checking in on that Uncle Ben and where he's been. <laughs> just showing him dead in an alley somewhere? Yeah, or... just, he like, just like somebody shot him a second later and was like, that wasn't nice of you or the, the police took him in. I don't know. Right. Well, here's the thing, though. I mean, you know, per the promotional image, uh, Spider-Man 2211 is supposed to be in this event. Right, but he's dead. But he's dead. But th- but this is what I'm talking about. You know, this is like, what are the rules? You know what I mean? Is this going to be Spider-Man 2211 from Earth, blah, blah, blah? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, Slot's, like, worst nightmare is, like, us because <laughs> we know enough to, like, call into question things, but we don't know enough to totally get all the things that he's referencing, you know? Correct. Yeah. Um, you know... But hey, you know, we, we as long as we get some Spider-Man India action, you know, Peter Peter Proc, Proctor or pa, Pedro, what's his name? Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Don't worry about it. I did read Spider-Man India on the Marvel U app. It's it's quite interesting. Yeah, I've read I've read the first couple issues myself. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, so let's get back to this issue. So those. Oh right, aside, sorry. Like, what what did you like about this issue? You know. 
I, you know, honestly, I th- like I said, I think it was just that being back with these characters, you know, or this character, I should say. I mean, it's this, it's that, you know, Superior Spider-Man for a very long time, I feel, was was really bringing it. I mean, you know, up until the final arc, when we would have, I mean, our reviews, we were consistently, you know, B and higher, you know? Like, I think, it, you know, I would have, I would feel bad when I gave an issue a B, you know what I mean? Because, like, it just, like, I was having so much fun reading these comics, and, and you know, I just loved them, you know, twice a month. And, and I feel like we kind of got back to that magic, um, here, um, you know, just structurally, I did find the, the, the kind of like the B story element to be a little odd. Yeah. What was up with that? Why not just include that into the overall narrative? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, is that Spider-Man character much beloved? I've never even like really experienced that character before. No, I mean, but again, I mean, I, I, I checked out the issue after Superior 32 and, you know, I guess, you know, the reason why they wanted to kind of show the, the bromance there between Spider-Ock and this and this what if Spider-Man was because, you know, this was this was the what if Spider-Man who stayed with Wolverine in Japan during, you know, during that whole Ned Leeds gets killed uh, storyline before he gets revealed as the Hobgoblin, which was a, a very memorable time for Spider-Man comics. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and and you know kind of like um spider-man kind of becomes like this hardened um not afraid to kill if you know the ends justify the means punisher-esque um, yeah i mean not not a rogue i mean he wasn't like a, a vigilant a true vigilante but it was i mean he was essentially what otto was you know this like you know if if you know I have power, you know, with great power must also come great responsibility. And if if I need to use my power to kill to protect the greater good, I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? Like and not feel bad about it. Yeah. And that's so. I think that was the only reason why they wanted to like give those two characters a moment. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know why it needed to be um, included as almost like an afterthought or a coda. Um, you know, it, it should have just been part of the main story. Yeah, and it wasn't even like it was like that different from the rest of the story. So okay, we agree on that. Um, I, I thought I lo- I mean I really liked this issue, and I, I really enjoyed the writing for a lot of the characters. And I actually think this is Giuseppe Camoncoli's one of his better issues, or one of his best issues. Um, and he's beginning to do things that like are not characteristic of his artwork, like the Spider-Man India. I thought really was. A lot of fun to read that those drawings, and he has him emoting through the mask, um, kind of like Humberto Ramos likes to do, um, with the eyes getting smaller and bigger. And I was like, "Wow, this is Giuseppe's really stepping out out there." And um, I thought it was a wonderful issue in terms of his work, which was, I think, the stand at all those backgrounds, all the different universes were really distinct and fun to read. I don't know. Did you like Giuseppe's stuff here? Oh yeah, I mean, you know. I think he, you know, even though this takes place around Superior 19, he's very, he, you know, Giuseppe, the artist, clearly is building on what he did in Goblin Nation. I thought his artwork was probably the biggest highlight of Goblin Nation. I mean, the last issue aside, last issue had some sloppy segments. That, that whole last issue just felt like it was just rifled out there, which is a whole other story. We've talked about that at length. Um, but, but um, 
you know, in terms of the, the issues leading up to that, I mean, they, they were, I felt like he was just topping himself each time out. And this, this, this issue was beautiful. I loved it. I loved Spider-Man going into kind of the, the multiverse. I, I mean, these kind of like trippy scenes that he had done to some extent with the mindscape in, in superior uh, earlier, but like kind of, I, I feel like they were even more intricate and refined this time. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, um, no, def- definitely enjoyed this. What uh, about Moreland, though? Like, the what is up with his <laughs> like time travel device? Is he supposed to be like a big daddy from Bioshock? Like, what is this a reference to, or is it a reference to something that I'm just like not aware of? Like, what is he wearing? I don't know, and I don't, I don't, I've never played Bioshock, so the, the, that reference is lost on me. <laughs> well, it's like this like steampunk like helmet, like and trident. What what is this? Do we know? I don't know. We, we will find out. We're just going to have to find out more about Moreland because we really actually we don't know that much about him to be to be honest. So ah, he's he he eats your totemic powder pow, powders, your totemic powers. <laughs> That's all there is to know, I guess. That's it. The end. <laughs> the end. No, he's one of my favorite new villains. So I, I'm excited to have him back. Oh, no question. No question. So what's what's your grade, Dan? I gave this one a B plus. I had a lot of fun reading this one. All right. I'm a shade below you again. I'm giving this one a B. Okay, great. Well, cool. Two happy reviews. That's a nice change of pace. Yay. Yay. (laughs) All right. Well, I guess it's time to say goodbye, Mark. Oh, so are we saying goodbye as amazing or superior spider talk? Let's do it as amazing. Okay, okay. Well, that means I can't give my Uncle Ben's story, but uh, why don't you take us home, Dan? That's a real shame. I'm <laughs> sure everyone's going to miss that. Wow, wow. Of, <laughs> of course, you can find all of our amazing Spider Talk and old Superior Spider Talk podcast at superiorspidertalk.com, or you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher by searching Amazing Spider Talk. And if you do, please make sure that you leave us a rating and a comment to let us know how we're doing. We'll read it on the air. Again, we're trying to get to 100, everybody. We got 50 to go. Let's get it to 100. If you have any opinions on these comics or any questions, please make sure to email them to us at amazingspidertalk at gmail.com, and we will address and read them on the air. Yeah, and also be sure to check out both of our Facebook pages at facebook.com slash superiorspidertalk and facebook.com slash chasingamazing. Uh, These Facebook pages are great places to keep up with Dan and I between shows as we often put up articles about what we've written and other little breaking news and tidbits uh, about the Spider-Man universe. Also, don't forget to check out the Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club that helps support our show and gives you some free prizes to boot. So, Dan, where can we find you on the Internet? Of course, you can find me at dangavazdan.com or on Twitter at, at @dangavazdan. If you want to talk to me about Spider-Man on Twitter, you can follow me at, at @supspidertalk or visit my website superiorspidertalk.com for a ton of great Spider-Man goodies and all kinds of Spider-Verse news. And if you want to read my movie reviews on the internet, you can go to grindmyreels.com. Mark, what about you? Oh, how I want to grind your reels, Dan. Um, <laughs> you can find me at www.chasingamazingblog.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at ChasingASMblog. Uh, and uh, you can also find my my comic book-related listicles at comicbook.com. And my occasionally running 90s column, uh, Gimmick or Good, at Comics Should Be Good. Awesome, Mark. I'll be sure to check them out. 
I'm sure you will, and you'll 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 count down the list with me, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Dan, um, you know I won't do my full Uncle Ben spiel because we are still just Amazing Spider Talk. But uh, before we go, it always is good to remind our listeners that with a great podcast must also come Amazing Spider Talk. <laughs> <laughs>